Mustang fans, and welcome to another Ford Performance Edition of the Mustang Owners Podcast. I'm your host, John Clore. You know, from my years with Auto Week Magazine, the Ford Special Vehicle Team, Ford Racing, and now Ford Performance, I've always known that everyone has a Mustang story. So to that end, I hope you are reading my efforts to tell your story in the enthusiast section of FordPerformance.com as well as keeping up with the latest happenings in the Mustang hobby by checking out FordPerformanceClubConnect.com every week. My co-host is a Mustang hobby and industry insider who is perhaps best known as the longtime president of the Mustang Owners Club of Southeastern Michigan, or Moxham, one of the largest, most active Mustang clubs on the continent, plus who also heads up Boxum for you Bronco owners, as well as being the new leader behind the International Council of Mustang Clubs. Of course, I can only be talking about my friend Mike Ray. Mike, tonight we've got another one of our Mustang heroes. Absolutely. I was just going to say that. One of the heroes is joining us tonight. Uh, let's relive some of those memories. You know, that's the great thing, Mike, about uh, hanging on in Dearborn and, and doing events when we get to see some of the retirees and all of a sudden we find another guy and another guy. So many wonderful people who touch the world of Mustang. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight I want you to welcome Ara Azikian. Ara, welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. Hi there, John. How are you, Mike and Gerard? Well, we're, Mike, this is this is going to be fun because Ara, we know that after we've started seeing you uh Hanging around with all the designers, we know that we we did a little peeking around, and the fact that you worked on a couple of different Mustangs and then some pretty important cars at Ford, we knew we had to have you on the podcast tonight. So, um, Ara, tell us a little bit about how you got into cars and then eventually how you got in, in, into design in the first place. Well, I, I always loved cars, and I always liked to draw. So the two things just kind of came together, and when I did some looking around and searching around everyone said well if you're really serious you have to go out to california to art center college of design oh that's right yeah way back in the olden days i <laughs> packed up and took an airplane a 707 or something first time around it was regular prop airplane as i recall and we flew out to california and registered for school and kind of the rest is history but i was fortunate enough to get hired well, I, I tried a little bit at Chrysler. I did some interning. I did some interning at General Motors and finally found a home at Ford Motor Company. Oh, so did you have to talk to Eugene Bordenay or who was the man in charge back then? Yes, it was exactly. Eugene Bordenay at that time. And uh, we got, I got hired in and did a lot of fun projects from cutting the roof off of a Mark III and making it into a uh, Continental uh, dual cowl Phaeton and mm. worked on Stavros and the Arcos's airplane, which was uh, <laughs> Henry Ford's son-in-law, and got to do some graphic stuff for Channel 7 helicopter. But then the fun stuff with the Mustangs really, really took hold and got to do a lot of stuff with that. So, you know, Mike Ray uh, happens to be a second generation i mean a third generation mustang owner and i'm a second generation mustang owner and you worked on the interiors of both of those cars the second gen mustang and the fox body are two totally different beasts how in the heck did you make that shift from one to the other well they were you know i didn't didn't uh, get that involved with the fox body and so on and so forth that 
kind of stuff we just we were given the packages and we just did what we had to do with those mm. those projects and uh, i got some you know like i said some really really fun things i got to do a uh, mustang for bill ford for his 16th birthday and we uh, <laughs> followed that one up special with his initials on it and special interior and you know paint job uh, with well actually it was i didn't realize it then but it was the uh the blue and the uh, well, white stripes instead of silver stripes on it for like the lions. But uh, <laughs> that was one of his. And the funny thing was, my boss said, "Oh no, no, we can't give him a high performance engine. We have to give him, you know, that he's just a 16 year old kid." Well, somehow the bill worked it out where he had the high performance engine. Stuck. Now wait a minute, what uh, what model, Ara? What what model was that? I thought Bill Ford's first Mustang was a Mustang too. No, no, no. They, Bill Ford was, uh, when he turned 16, we did a little, the first, uh, the fastbacks were just coming out at the time. I think okay. this was maybe a 67. It may not have been the 66. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, he, he's about 70, I guess, now. So, yeah, whatever, uh, how that works out. And then, of course, uh, the other fun project with Mustangs was uh, I got to do, in 1966, the Henry Ford was the Grand Marshal for the Le Mans race, you know, and you know about mm -hmm. that story. Oh, yeah. We, we got to do a uh, Mustang convertible for him. And again, oh, I cool. tagged that car. That was going to be my car when it came back into this country. But the funny story, as stories go, that car got lost somewhere. Wait a minute. Forty years later, it turned up. Yeah, it <laughs> turned up about two years ago. And uh, they auctioned that one off. But anyhow, that's another one of those Mustang stories. You know, how does that happen? Mike, did you ever hear that story? That I mean, how do you lose a car for 40 years? I mean, in my garage, you could that could happen, Mike, but maybe yours? Well, hey, you know, if you get Bill Ford on, let's ask him. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get Ford. That, that, that dual cowl phaeton that I mentioned, that Lincoln, that yeah. turned up 40 years. Again, 40 years seems to be the limit on these things. That turned up at in Puerto Rico. It was what? given. Yes, it was given to, well, the biggest Lincoln dealer in Puerto Rico. The only thing Lincoln dealer in Puerto Rico. But <laughs> uh, somehow, I don't know, Henry, or who, get, who gets to give those cars away, but they was given to him. And the family was going to auction that off. And uh, like I said, for, that turned up in 2008. <laughs> that was good. Wow. So how did you uh, uh, wind up getting involved in, in from the interiors going to becoming the interior design manager? I know um, you've talked to a lot of people when you finally got to the DN101, uh, I mean, the uh, the Taurus project. Um, you really started to make a name for yourself, but you, by then you were already the manager of interior design. So you worked on a couple of different Mustangs interiors on your way up to that. And then Taurus had that complete redesign and you were the manager by then. So you were making some big changes. Yeah. Well, that was the fun. That was the interesting, another shock story. They came and said, uh, you know, the Mustang was, they were going to actually kill it. You know, it's getting right to the, they were going to bring out the probe and that was going to be the new Mustang. And you guys with your <laughs> kind of went, <laughs> yeah, you went to bat and kind of went to battle and said, this just isn't going to happen. We're not going to have a six cylinder, you know, car called a Mustang just in, in not, not have a real Mustang. So uh, when that, when that hit the fan, a small group of us 
kind of got selected. And at the time, we thought this was it. We were going to be put out the pasture, and this was kind of like a punishment to us. But the beauty of that was it was a perfect, perfect, wonderful experience. We got to go to the Dano Center right there with Jack Roush, and he was working on these cars. And we got to do all of those things on that. That was the SN95, which was right. <clears throat> the car for 94, the, the new Mustang for 1994. So you worked with uh, Bud Magaldi and Emmeline King? Uh, yes, Bud and Emmeline and uh, a couple of other folks that were in there. We had about uh, some real great clay, mo- clay modeling group. And like when we first heard about it, though, we all thought, oh, my gosh, this is it. We're out of the limelight now. But the beauty of that was all that limelight does is just turn your skin green. (laughs) We had a beautiful, wonderful setup, and we were able to do that. And out of that, we got, you know, kind of we got word that uh, Camaro was going to beat us to the punch at the auto show that year. Right. So we hurried up and got, I was lucky enough to get the assignment to do the Mach 3 show car. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, yeah. We I got to do the front, you know, the whole interior and exterior on that one. Oh, it was wow. just a little, yeah, that was a fun, fun project. Uh, and they, we got, they made two versions of that. And uh, at the time, Masco Tech, you know, part of mm-hmm. Masco Corporation, mm-hmm. I think that was, uh, was that Cars and Concepts or whatever they called themselves. Right, right. They, <clears throat> they were just starting out and they kind of needed the business. They were gave us a, <laughs> an offer we couldn't refuse. They were going to willing to make two models of that because the California show and the, the, the Michigan show were, you know, almost running simultaneous. They were almost only a week apart. So they decided we needed two cars to show for that. So I got to do this little teaser car, which <laughs> was like a two-seater. If you guys remember the Mustang. Oh, yeah. When they first came out with that as a teaser, we were able to do that similar thing. So the Mach 3 was actually a little two-seater car with some little cues of what we were going to be doing for SN95. But the uh, and a group of us kept trying to get the corporation to actually build and make these as a production. But that just wasn't going to happen, as you know, those things. <laughs> well, Mike, Sarah, were those running cars or no? Uh, were those just shells? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. They were, they were, they were amazing running cars. In fact, they had, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, some of the Cobra stuff was being put in those. <laughs> they had huge wheels on them that were strictly for show. But when we ran it, we had to put other wheels on it for, for running. But, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, well, they made a die cast. Mike, do you have that die cast of the Mach 3? So that's what I was just going to tell you about right now. So when we just did the Berardi tour, there is two different ones, and Berardi has them both, and they're on his shelf. Well, so they came in, was it was it a big 118th scale die cast to that one? Yeah, I think it was a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the few all right. That's one of the few prototypes that I can recall. I think um we saw another one. Mike, wasn't it just recently at the SVT reunion when they had the Super Stallion as a die cast there at the dinner? Yep, I had it and I was very fortunate to have Mr. Coletti sign it for me. Wait a minute, that's yours? That's mine. <laughs> oh, wait, a wait a minute. Had I known that, that would have wound up in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Well, yeah, Ara, the Super Stallion is mine. No, you son of a gun. Well, Ara, didn't that car meet at least one of the two cars meet a very unfortunate end? Was it Bud Magaldi that told us something happened to it? Something bad? 
it was coming back in a trailer from Canada, Canada somewhere. And somehow, I guess the battery tender or something caused oh. a spark and it caught fire. And the driver didn't seem to know anything about it until cars were, you know, whipping in front of them and blowing their horns. And finally told them there's smoke coming out of the back end. And oh, the no. car was literally destroyed. And the other one, uh, the, the one remaining one was painted green and saw auctioned off a few years later. I don't know. Oh gosh. Now, you know, Ara, you should have bought that one because you got that one, one car that got away from you. You should have bought the prototype. You're right. Well, we put a few cans of the red paint in the trunk of the car, hoping the guy would get the hint and just. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> so mike did you have a red die cast or was it the green one yeah no i did i've heard the stories about the green car that they did paint it for whoever was buying it or something like that and that's the one that still exists today somewhere right yes yeah do we know who the owner is ara no no not a clue never never heard from any of those guys that um you know was willing to talk to them but never heard a thing John, let's put a search party out for it to have it at the 60th. Okay, all you people out there listening to the Mustang <laughs> Owners Podcast, yeah, we're going to be looking for the Mach 3. Uh, if, that if you know where it is, let us know. Please let us know. Send your info to clubhub at Ford.com. We will try to track it down. And You know, we did get, uh, Mike, several SVT prototypes out of private owner hands to come to the reunion. I'd sure love to see the Mach 3 in person. I would, too. I'd never seen it in person. I would absolutely love that and have it on center stage at the 60th for us. All right, we're going to have to do that for you, Ara. We're going to try. And someone actually did a wonderful job on their own in their little backyard, I think, and made a beautiful replica of the car. Really? No idea. Yeah, yeah. And I lost track of that one, too. have no idea where that is or who that is or anything like that. But Well, at this point, we'd take the replica, wouldn't we, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to see that again, too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, Ara, it just seems that, you know, your career at Ford, working all those years in design that you, you know, you made hay with those Mustangs that you worked on, but then you wound, wound up doing the Taurus, um, you, you know, the, a huge, a huge car for Ford, much more profitable than the Mustang. And yet it doesn't seem to get the attention that this wonderful pony car has it doesn't uh the dn 101 especially um that car i heard you were involved in and I, correct me if i'm right you were trying to get the radios tougher to steal or something like that well that wasn't just me but uh that the uh the audio guys 
came up with this concept where the actual radio could be in the trunk and the, uh, the, the, you know, the mechanical parts of it, uh, like I said, we're, we're in the trunk and the actual head of it could be just the normal thing, which gave us plenty of room to be able to package that, which that's what oh, we're okay. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, you know, that's well nowadays. What do you think are of the, uh, the recent news that, uh, Ford was considering getting rid of AM radio entirely because people don't use the radio that much. You think uh, that's a good idea? Well, I'm an old timer, so I still listen to AM. But uh, yeah, me uh, too. Uh, you know, I know we got rid of all the. I I still have an old car with an eight track in it. So <laughs> yay! All right, Ara, this is your test. What kind of 8-track tapes do you have in your car? I have a Fog Hat one, and my wife Jenny has one from the Carpenters, which I know is Mike Ray's favorite tape. (laughs) I got the the Beach Boys. You got the Beach Boys? (laughs) Perfect. I got the the Beatles doing Yellow Submarine because it's a yellow Eldorado convertible, which I drive around. Well, I got to tell you, we saw you pull up at the uh, Ford Yacht Club at the – the car show there hosted by Jack Telnack and, and a beautiful S550 convertible. And when I told you you should win a prize for that, you said, no, that's my son's car. We didn't know that you had another Mustang. Tack, your, your other Mustang is, is somewhere in your garage. Right. <laughs> okay, so what? So what's that other one that you have? Well, uh, the, no, it's a, it, the, the one that I keep in the garage is my son's. And I have an old, like I said, the other competitor, the Cadillac Eldorado. Yeah. 73. Yeah. So <laughs> that's my fun boy. Well, we loved you showing up there in that beautiful S550 convertible. Um, because you know what? You got you really made an, a difference. And are the for many people, especially on the second gen Mustang, the Mustang two reunion that you went to, um, those guys, you know, it, it's tough when that car sold a million units and they didn't get the love and respect that they deserve. But now you can see that the prices have really gone up. The collectability of those cars, of course, a lot of them were cut apart for their front suspensions, which were which were the best setups for 32 Fords. Really, the, to this day, that it's still a wonderful design. Um, but to have you there are, and, and coming out when Moxham called and you come into the Hall of Fame. Mike, remember when R came to the Hall of Fame and we had, was it Mustang Homecoming number one? Yeah, the first one, yes. So Mike is planning another homecoming, Ara, and uh, we're going to count on you to start uh, getting in touch with all your guys from the Design Center who touched the Mustang, because next year, as you know, it's turning 60. And I don't know about you, but after I turned 60, I didn't eat as much spaghetti. <laughs> I started doing well, Doesn't something. it seem like yesterday was the 50th? It, it, like it just happened. And here we are, 10 years later, getting ready to recreate something kind of cool. So, Ara, is is it something that the guys that you – I know you designers do some kind of lunch or you hang out. What Don't you have some kind of little special secret thing you do that – you don't have to give away anything here on the Mustang Owners Podcast, but I know you guys are up to something. Don't you have some kind of regular meeting? You go to lunch somewhere. I heard about it, and it's somewhere around town. Unfortunately, that did die with the uh, COVID. Oh, we, no. We just haven't picked up on that one again. Uh, oh. The guys that were running it and trying to put it together. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. It just uh, somehow it, it got canceled during the 
COVID times and never did get picked up again. But you're right. That's a good reminder. We'll have to get things stirred up. With Well, I, all I remember is, Mike, I don't know if you know this, but uh, right there off the Southfield Freeway, and I can't remember if it was out or dry, there was a, a little restaurant there. And I went into that restaurant and there was a table along the window with about 25 guys and making a lot of noise. And I looked over there and there was like all these designers. I saw Bud Magaldi over there and I thought, what is, what is all this? And they, they, they admitted that they get together every once in a while and meet up for lunch. I think, Ara, you should you should be instrumental in getting that restarted because Mike and I could crash that party and get you all to come to the 60th. <laughs> Sounds good to me. That's it. I'll talk to Buck and McGaldy and we'll see if we can't stir something up on that. I think you got I think you've got you're on to something. <laughs> okay. So Mike, we're not ready to tell Ara what we're up to for the 60th, but we are willing to say that no matter what Ford and the Mustang Club of America is doing, we think that something big should happen in Dearborn. And we kind of think it's up to us and maybe Mike this time more though the regional clubs to put our heads together and see what kind of fun we can have with R and the rest of the guys at Ford. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, we're, uh, we're working with the other clubs around the state to make something very, very special happen for the 60th. Great, great. That's really neat. Well, we hope you're going to be around to just stop going to, you don't go to Florida a lot like the rest of your buds, do you? Okay, because all you, every time I go to call one of you guys, I go, we're not around uh, Michigan, we're down in Florida, or they're up north, but Mike, we're going to have to stick our nose in there and say, look, everybody put a pin uh, at the day. I'm hoping that they're going to be around Woodward week, and uh, we're going to have to come up with something for you guys, because are you and all the guys that you worked with in all the years with Mustang have really made a difference for us. We love the designs of every generation and your work does not go unappreciated. We want to really thank you for all the efforts you've made on, on our behalf. Thank you. Thank you guys for keeping us. Yeah. On our toes and keeping us alive. <laughs> well, John, the date uh, for next year, that if you want to do a save the date kind of thing, okay. the week will start uh, Monday, August 12th. And it ends with the grand finale at Mustang Memories, which is Sunday, August 18th, 2024. Okay, our, that's Mike. You heard it from Mike. Between those two dates, special things are going to happen on the Mustang 60th birthday. You know, hey, I think when my wife turned 60, we took her to a karaoke bar. We're not planning karaoke, are we, Mike? <laughs> no, not yet. Okay, good. So, Ara, you don't have to worry about that. You and Diane cannot worry about us taking you out to the bar. Wish we, wish we could hold it. We're going to come up with something, Ara. So just just count on us. And, again, we, we appreciate you spending some time with us on the podcast tonight. And um, hopefully you'll be able to scare up the rest of the all the great designers that touched the Mustangs over the years. And, you know, we love them all. And right now, you know, SN95 is very special because it really is the entry now into the hobby for so many young people. Um, it just seems, Mike, that they're they're more affordable, and you know, with all the parts that are available for them, they you know they still have the five liter in some of those cars, and even the V6 cars they have parts for. It just what a great way to get into the hobby with, with not a lot of money. And for a long time, it was the Fox Body that was the entry car, and now it's definitely shifted to the SN95 for sure because yeah. Fox Body prices are going through the roof now. Yeah, you can't find a cheap one or or one that hasn't been driven hard and put away wet. That's for sure. I don't know where where do you find a clean uh, LX five LX five liter notchback. Let Not us for under five figures. Oh no, that's terrible. That's <laughs> no terrible. No one touch anything for under five figures on a Fox now like that. 
All right, so Ari, you can call any of us when you find that Mach 3, and we'll uh, we'll we'll call the owner, and they're going to be part of this big celebration. And in the meantime, thank you again for joining us tonight on the Mustang Owners Podcast. Well, thank you. It was obviously my pleasure and reminiscing the old times and just fun talking to you guys. Thank you. You got it. So, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Mustang Owners Podcast with Ari Gazikian. So, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, we'll just have to catch you down the road.